Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. up everybody welcome to another edition of drive for show dfs for dough here on roto grinders i am justin van zuden aka stl cardinals 84 here to host the show as usual for you and i have uh, my usual co-host notorious alongside me as well Derek barnsworth we saw another win from tony finau last week uh there were always these weeks where we just bet him he was gonna win. He's gonna win. Keep betting Tony Finau, and now it's finally paid off. Uh two weeks, you know, when uh, I had kind of stopped betting Tony Finau every week. But good for him. Uh getting another win and really looking dominant there on Sunday and uh, effectively cruising to victory on the back nine. No real mistakes. And uh yeah, now he just looks like uh, an old fashioned closer there, Tony Finau. So uh Noto, how's it going? Another Finau win. Yeah, I'm right there with you uh, with Fina. I was betting him for years and years and uh, too many top five finishes. Same goes for Xander, too. I mean, I missed out on both of his wins this year. So, uh, yeah, missing out on some paydays with outright bets. But you mentioned it. I mean, I think his uh, Sunday round scoring average is top five on four this season. So whatever he's done uh, to improve his game, mostly the putting uh, on Sunday. He's made so many putts the last two weeks on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, ran away from the field. Kind of got that feeling, you know, halfway through Saturday's round that this was his tournament to lose. You know, Pendrith was great, but um, just felt like, you know, Tony had another gear in him, and uh, that's what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, so another win for Finau as uh, he looks to uh, climb up as we head into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Of course, uh, this, this week is the last event before those playoffs start. Uh, the top 125 golfers in the standings will make the playoffs starting next week. And Finau, with the win, jumped from 17th to 7th. And Cam Young, another impressive for fin- finish for him. He jumped from 13th to 9th. So he is uh, inside the top 10. Uh, just uh, an incredible amount of top five finishes without getting that victory. Uh, for for Cam Young, but uh, still an impressive week for him. And uh, what else did you take away from last week? 
Yeah, I believe Cam Young now has five runner-up finishes, I heard, um, which leads the tour. Um, kind of crazy. You got to think, you know, him and or, you know, Zalatoris is going to get that win here soon. Uh, yeah, but you mentioned, I mean, the best case possible for the PJ Tour last week. I mean, Young Gun and Cam Young, you had Cantlay up there on Sunday. Uh, a lot of big names, a lot of young stars. And uh, one thing we can, uh, you know, know for sure moving forward is Detroit Golf Club is a bomber's paradise. I mean, guys were hitting at 350 regularly off the tee. You could miss the fairways and still, you know, have a good shot into, into the greens, look at birdies. So, yeah, something to keep in mind, um, you know, heading into next or next year, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And as we look at the standings, obviously mentioned the top 125 and ties will get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, right now, you've got uh, Ryan Brem, Tyler Duncan, Matthias Schwab, Patton Kazire, and Stuart Sink as your last five players in. And you're going to see most of these guys that are kind of on the bubble of the, uh, the playoff line. They're going to be in the field this week uh, trying to either maintain or improve their status. The next five out um, beyond the top 125 are Webb Simpson at 126, uh, going to a course that he loves this week. Um, and, and these are actually going to change. These are actually a little bit different because I think these include the live guys because um, Pat Perez is listed on here at 127. So I think a few people are going to get a bump up um, because I believe I read earlier today that Ricky Fowler is 123 yeah. and he shows at 133 on this list that I'm looking at. So, PGA Tour from their official list hasn't removed the the live guys yet. So uh, anyway, the the guy the first guys I mentioned are probably a little bit safer, uh, but guys like uh, Nick Taylor, Kramer Hickok, Ricky Fowler, Matt Wallace uh, are right there, kind of on the uh, the teetering line of of making the playoffs. Anyway, uh, we've talked about the motivation angle with this tournament before, and you know it doesn't really seem to move the needle all that much. Uh, maybe too much pressure uh, is bad for some of these guys. So uh, somewhat of a grain of salt, but are you putting any stock into those FedEx Cup standings this week? No, I don't think so. If I like a guy, I like a guy. Um, you know, there's going to be guys that make big pushes and it's going to be the narrative. Oh, this guy, you know, took home a top five finish to sneak his way in. But there's also going to be guys that, you know, are right on the bubbles, don't play well. So I don't think, you know, extra pressure is necessarily good or bad. It's probably a a personal thing uh, for most of the golfers, but uh, maybe somebody like Webb, uh, who's obviously you know going to be in a good spot this week anyway. But yeah, I'm not, I don't put too much uh, stock into it. Do you? No, I mean I probably did for a few years more than I have the last couple, so uh, just doesn't seem like it has made that much of a difference over the past few years. You maybe get two or three spots that change hands this final week. I can't find the list. Uh, that's driving me nuts that the FedEx cup official standings Zach page is actually not the official standings right now. Um, Oh, maybe that's if I click on live FedEx cup playoffs eligibility, there we go. Now we've got the full list with the players removed. All right. So we're in business now. Nick Taylor, Chesson Hadley, Kramer Hickok, Ricky Fowler, Matt Wallace, Austin Smotherman are your last six in right now. Max McGreevy, uh, Danny Willett, Justin Lower, Nick Hardy, Cameron Champ, uh, your first five or six players outside the playoff line. For those of you who do want to play that angle, uh, those are the, the players that could move uh, one way or the other this week. Uh, any other takeaways uh, from, from last week? I mean, obviously Pendrith uh, disappointed that he couldn't put it together a bigger challenge on Sunday. 
a big push from Tom Kim, got him up there inside the top 10. Uh, Matt Wallace, who I mentioned earlier on that playoff line inside the top 10. And Charlie Hoffman with a 10th place finish last week. So uh, it was a wild cut sweat. Lots of guys, lots of chalk right on the cut line on Friday afternoon. And then you saw Tom Kim end up parlaying that into a 7th place finish. And then Will Zalatoris, who barely squeaked through the cut, ended up with a T20. So uh, it was a cut sweat that either it went your way or it didn't go your way last week. Yeah, and Tom Kim, I think he missed a three-footer on his 17th hole um, on Friday. And then uh, on the 200-yard the par 3 ninth, stuck it to five feet and birdied it to get in on the number and then went on that big run. So, oh, man, it's just the importance of 6-6 six to six just seems, uh, you know, heightened in these uh, birdie fests. We're going to have another one this week. And my only other note, I mean, Kevin Kisner, come on. We finally, we finally overpaid for him at one of his tournaments, and uh, he does that to us. And he just uh, doesn't show up. So uh, glad I went against the numbers for once and uh, and let it burn me. So now I won't play him the next 10 years at that event, and he'll go back to uh, to being a superstar again. But, I mean, we've got to talk yeah. about him this week, too. <laughs> Such is life on uh, DFS golf, for sure. And so with a lot of that chalk making the cut last week, it kind of did skew the contest results. I mean, if the cut would have gone from 300 to 400, uh, it really would have basically kicked the six to six percentage down to about nothing. Uh, instead, had a few more lineups and uh, and quite a few guys make a run <clears throat> on Sunday. So, all right, anything else? Uh, ready to pivot forward to the Wyndham? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. Uh, I didn't have a very good week of DFS. What about you? I took. I ended up unintentionally, but I kind of took the week off. I was getting ready to. Uh, Uh, build some lineups on Wednesday night and then I fell asleep and then uh, most of the big contests were full and I thought well good week to take uh, a little bit of a break and uh, with the results it was uh, probably a a good thing uh, based on the fact that uh, you know there would have been a few players like Kisner uh, that were in my player pool I kind of had my player pool set uh, that would have missed the cut so don't think I would have won much uh, last week although I would have had a lot of Cam Young and a lot of Cantlay uh, probably would have been underweight on a fee now. So the week was a zero for me, and I guess that's a that's okay. Yeah, much respect for taking a week off. I mean, I can't it even sit out the. It was intentional, though. <laughs> can't even sit out the Hero World Challenge. Um, yeah, I, I love the talk too much. I resisted the urge to tilt to enter a bunch of showdown contests. Um, you know, after after the uh, the the full week ones were were full, but. In any case, uh, we'll make sure to get the lineups reserved and ready to go for this week uh, with the Wyndham and uh, another event that you know we traditionally see. Uh, lots of data, of course, data here on Sedgefield. So what do the golfers have in store this week? Yeah, so we got Sedgefield in North Carolina. Uh, it's par 70, the measures, so just over 7,100 yards. It's another Donald Ross design, but uh, very different than what we saw last week. Uh, the fairways here are a lot thinner. Uh, 29 yards wide on average. There's definitely more of a penalty if you do miss them. Uh, there's a lot of forced layups off the tee. And uh, like Kevin Kisner said, um, everyone's going to be playing from the same spots on the fairway. And that's kind of why he likes it so much. He likes his chances from, uh, you know, 125 to 175 and in. Uh, that's kind of the two big approach uh, distribution shots that you're going to be seeing. So, uh, yeah, if you don't want, if you want to look at proximity from those numbers, I don't mind it. Uh, the greens are going to be very easy to hit, 77% on average over the last couple of years second highest on the PGA Tour. So uh, when that happens, it generally turns into a putting contest. And yeah, we've seen Kevin Kisner, JT Poston, Brant Snedeker all win here in the last four years. 
Uh, three of the better putters on Bermuda greens. So, yeah, I do think putting is going to be important. I think iron play is going to be important. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, water is in play on six of the holes. Um, five of the last six winners have been at least 21 under par. So, again, it's going to be a birdie fest. And was was weather a thing last year? Last year was only minus 15, but I couldn't. I can't remember. Yeah, if... I'm not sure. I, I just remember the six-man playoff. Yeah. Uh, trying to watch that on a shot tracker. There was new colors. I'd never seen some of the colors <laughs> on a shot tracker. Six, six golfer group. What is this? Uh, yeah, Kisner, Siwoo Kim, uh, Kevin Na, Adam Scott, Brandon Grace, and Roger Sloan. Part of a six-way playoff. Grace, Na, and Kisner advanced to the second hole. Uh, and then Kisner won. Uh, pretty remarkable that they finished a six-way playoff in two holes, but uh, that's uh, they did. And, uh, you know, the scores were pretty bunched up. There were quite a few guys at minus 13. Uh, so maybe just a little bit of a fluke that nobody made a few extra birdies to get that up to 17, 18, 19 under. It's not like the scoring in general was super difficult. You still had... Uh, let's see, 34 golfers finish at least 10 under. Uh, the scores were just bunched together, which, again, you can see on a course like this one um, just because, you know, there's lots of people landing in the same spots as as Derek just alluded to. So anything else on the course or this tournament uh, in general before we dig in? Sorry, I was muted there nope, for a minute. Nope. I was couldn't tell if I lost you or if you were <laughs> muted. <laughs> uh, I do remember Adam Scott missed a three footer uh, on the first playoff hole. He was only one with a good birdie look and uh, missed it. And then That's Kisner, right. you know, Kisner loves those uh, those match play settings. So um, no surprise to see him win. But uh, don't know what to do with him this week. I'm already lost in that in that regard. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and uh, and dig in. And we've got another. Uh, week with uh, Will Zalatoris on a fairly easy course, so we get to have that debate. Almost missed the cut last week, ended up sneaking through, and then played well on the weekend. So the debate shall continue. Uh, Webb Simpson uh, getting a lot of respect for his history here, uh, which is very good compared to his season so far, which has not been very good. Uh, Lowry, M, and Horschel, your other names above 10K. So lots of guys taking this week off with the playoffs starting next week. This is a pretty weak field. Uh, so what do we make of these 10K plus golfers and do we need to prioritize one of them? Yeah, I'm not sure how stacked the field was last year, but uh, some of the good guys at Discord were talking about Webb's ownership. I think he was up to 45, 50% right. in single entry yeah. and uh, 33% in like the big $20 or whatever it was. So, I mean, obviously- You're talking not, last year at this yeah, event, Yeah, last right? year at this yeah. event. Not last year. Um, five straight top sevens here. But obviously, he's not in nearly as good a form. Uh, he just he hasn't been putting that well this year. The irons haven't been very good. Um, around the green, he's kind of trending in the wrong direction. He's never been a great driver of the ball. So I'm lost with Webb. I wanted to get your take on him. Uh, but I do like Shane Lowry up here. You know, he's just been a you know top 15 machine. Uh, he's finished top 25 in 13 of his last 16 events. So uh, the floor for him is really high. Sung Jay is another guy that I have my eye on. Uh, three straight top 25s here. So similar course history as Webb, just not as many appearances. He's coming off of a second-place finish. And his numbers look a lot better if you just look at the stats on paper than Webb's. So those would be my top two. Um, this is a place where I like to play some Billy Horschel um, back on Bermuda Greens. And he has a good course history. He's also got three top, three straight top 11s here. So a lot of guys with good course history. I think Zalatoris, I'm going to be underweight, similar to how I was last week. I just don't know if he can make enough birdies. Um, 
to kind of contend in, a, in an event where it's going to be 20, 25 under par. It does look like the wind's going to be calm all four days. So, yeah, I think you're going to have to make a lot of putts, and that always worries me with, with Will Zalatoris. Yeah, I don't know. At that salary, I mean, I'm usually kind of a course history guy, but at that salary, um, I, I just can't make that good of a case for Webb right now. It's literally only the course history. is the. It's really the only leg you have to stand on. I mean, otherwise, you know, he's not going to grade out as well in terms of statistical modeling for any reason because it just hasn't been that good of a year. He's barely inside that playoff line, and he's $10,700 on DraftKings. Like, if he was 9K or 9,200, you know, a different story. But um, I, I think that this is just inflated with his course history, and I, I, I don't think I can do it. And it makes me a little uncomfortable because that's the opposite of the way I kind of usually – handle cases like this um but i don't know at 10-7 for web i just think that's too much yeah i'm kind of kind of on the same boat i'll have some and then my mme build but i think uh, i'm not going to use him in my main lineup which is probably going to be you know contra- contrary to what the field's going to do yeah i don't know i don't know i mean i just dollar for dollar and fit for the course i i, I think you save the 100 bucks and start with lowry if you want somebody up there for safety yeah you know, uh, what are you doing with other 10k guys? Yeah, don't mind targeting Horschel here as well. Um, uh, still TBD on Zalatoris. I mean, uh, probably underweight, but I was encouraged at least by the way that he finished last week. Uh, if I'm going to be out on web, you know, maybe I play a little Zalatoris. I don't have a strong take on Sung Jay, uh, but Lowry and Horschel, I'll definitely play some of and uh, definitely underweight on web and, and maybe the X button, depending on what our ownership says. But uh, it, it's just a bit odd because the field's so weak that we're just not used to talking about these guys at such a high salary. You know what's going to happen with Zalatoris? He's going to make it to the Tour Championship, and he's going to you know, win the event in stroke play, but he's not going to win in, <laughs> in the points, and that'll be his first uh, like kind of technical win. Yeah, that'll be befitting for that to be the way that his season ends, for sure, after all those uh, close calls. Uh, and we get into the 9Ks. You know, it's another week where the pricing is a little bit different on DraftKings with the weak field. We've also only got five golfers between 9 and 10K uh, with Henley, Connors, Hatton, Adam Scott, and Varner. Um, and if you didn't follow Adam Scott last week, you know, we talked about him on the show. And uh, it was, uh, you know, who knows uh, what tournaments Adam Scott cares about and which ones he doesn't. Well, if you just look at the leaderboard, you don't really notice anything. Adam Scott finished 37th, fine. Uh, but Adam Scott's 37th place finish was 69, 66, 78, 65. And the 78, he lost 5.6 strokes putting in one round, uh, which is one of the biggest numbers you'll ever see. I remember Keith Mitchell having a big six or seven stroke round, but uh, that was a tournament where he like busted his putter over his knee or something and threw it in a lake and then he putted with a, a wedge. Uh, but Adam Scott in true Adam Scott fashion lost almost six strokes putting and then gained over a stroke and a half putting on Sunday. So uh, it, it was just really weird. I noticed his putting splits for the week and, uh, and his 78 65 finish and uh, thought, well, that was a, a wild ride. So uh, your thoughts on the nine K golfers here. Yeah. That third round was pretty crazy. He was really high owned in showdown too. Cause he was playing so well. Um, he was high owned in the third round. Cause he was up near the top. Yeah. And then yeah, nobody and then played him. In the nobody final. had him Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it Sounds works. All right. But uh, yeah, it was. It's strange to see him play two weeks in a row. Um, and if you know he's going to keep playing, he's going to be playing at least you know three or four weeks in a row, depending on 
uh, where he is in the FedEx Cup standings. But maybe that'll be good for him. He just is a guy that usually plays the big events. Uh, obviously, you know, lost in the playoff here last year. So I'll have some Adam Scott. He's actually turned into a really good player the last couple of years, um, even though a lot of his short misses are certainly ugly. But he does make a lot of long ones. I like Russell Henley at the top of the range, back-to-back top tens at this event. And then last week, he was great. I mean, he gained 11 strokes to green, finished 10th, even though he lost strokes putting. Uh, and he typically prefers Bermuda over the other surfaces. So I do like him on this course. I think Corey Connors is interesting, just uh, an elite ball striker. And then uh, I'm looking at a bunch of different comps this week, like short par 70s. I'm looking at um, some courses that kind of fit the mold. I'm looking at just Bermuda. And he's like top five in all of these different categories. So I do like Corey Connors as well at 9,600. And then at the very bottom, uh, I'll have some Harold Varner. Very boomer bust, but uh, he's only played once in the last five weeks. So I think he's going to be more rested than most of the guys in this field. And he's another one of those guys that, you know, he can pop up, he can finish in the top 10 and generally doesn't garner a ton of ownership when he's overpriced like this. Yeah. And he has made the cut each of the last five years here with two top 10. So uh, I like Varner as a contrarian play too, as well. I've tagged him up, getting him tagged up as a tournament play this week at nine K. Yeah. In general, I like most of the guys in this range. I usually don't pay up for Hatton at that salary. I'll probably, continue that this week um you know adam scott eh, jury still out on that uh, after that uh, putting performance last week has me a little bamboozled with how to handle him but uh, do like varner as my favorite tournament play at the bottom of that range and uh, yeah i do think henley is somewhat interesting as well uh let's see any other thoughts on uh on those guys i think we covered it again only five guys in the 9k range I do start to get a little bit more volume at the kind of 8K range and up. We've got uh, one guy at each price point in the higher end of the 8K range. So Denny McCarthy at 8,900 exactly. Siwoo Kim at 8,800. and mentioned he was in that playoff here last year. Kevin Kisner, who won that playoff at 8,700. And then two guys who played well last week in Ju Young Kim and Taylor Pendrith. Uh, rounding out 8,600 and 8,500 respectively. So uh, any strong takes on those options? And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can go back to Kisner after (laughs) last week. Yeah, Kisner's tough. I mean, you got the defending champ narrative as well. Um, It worked out pretty well for Cam Davis last week. But uh, right above him, I like Siwoo Kim. He's had progressively better finishes here each of the last three years, fifth, third, and then second, like you mentioned. So uh, he's been playing some good golf, finally. Um, he doesn't have a lot of top 10s this year, but uh, back-to-back top 15s at the Open and then last week as well. And then McCarthy let a lot of people down, uh, missed the cut last week. And I just don't really like McCarthy on those long courses that have four par fives. I like him on short courses, um, only two par fives, just like this one, where everybody's going to be playing from the same spots in the fairway. Uh, and if it turns to a putting contest, you want the guys that uh, make a lot of putts, and he's certainly one of them. He's got a good track record here. And then moving down, you know I'm playing Brian Harmon. Uh, Bill Tomas in the chat says Harmon's going to win this week. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Let's let's get that done. Um, he is what is he? In? You can get him at uh, forty to one, so not not the best number for a guy that hasn't won in a while, but seems very safe. He's been playing uh, his best golf of the season. And then at the very bottom, I like Justin Rose. He's not a guy that garners a ton of ownership usually, and he burned a lot of people at the Open. Um, he withdrew after lock with a back injury. But uh, if you look at his numbers from 125 to 175, he is one of the best in the field. Finished 10th here last year. 
And uh, I think he's like 98th in the FedEx Cup standing, something like that. So if he wants to advance and, uh, you know, take a big paycheck, he's going to have to get going a little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, look at the big green on those model numbers from Brian Harmon this week uh, there for, for Noto. Um, I'm fine with the, the momentum from the guys that have been playing well at the top end of that range. I don't play Siwoo Kim a whole lot, but hard to ignore that solid finish last week uh, and the course fit with the way that he has played here. So I think I'm in on Siwoo Kim for the first time in a long time uh, this week. And then, you know, you got the hit or miss guys at the bottom. Um I was fine going back to the well on a lot of those guys that struggled two weeks ago last week, uh, like, you know, Tigala, uh, who had a pretty good week going until he didn't play well over the weekend. But uh, Riley was the one guy who kind of let everybody down two weeks in a row. Um, would definitely be GPP only at this point uh, with uh, with Riley. But, you know, the guys that are like the bigger hitters, say a Pendrith, does that uh, worry you on – on a course like this with the guys who maybe haven't played here a whole lot, uh, but did show out well last week. Pendrith would be the big example there. Yeah. I don't think I'm playing any Pendrith. Uh, I do think he'll be probably not way popular just because the course fit isn't as good as last week, but yeah, I just don't think this nearly sets up as well. Um, this is more of a plotter's course. Uh, a lot of veterans play well here every single year. So yeah. Uh, instead of the young guns, I'm kind of going with the older Harmon, types so uh, maybe i'm talking myself back into web but uh, i like Cbez in this range if you want a lower owned guy um, always plays well in par 70s really high floor uh, one of the higher cut rates in the field so um, i'll take Cbez over pendrith and uh, riley and those guys all right uh, yeah i don't mind that call as well um a little gun shy on the uh, the bigger hitters for myself this week I think Rose is definitely interesting. Uh, he's the one guy that I'm curious to see where ownership shakes out. Seems like uh, most people just are kind of anti-Rose these days. Uh, everyone just assumed he was going to live, and you know maybe he ends up there at some point, but um, he's not there yet. So I think Rose is uh, is interesting at at the bottom end of the range if that projected ownership uh, stays pretty low. If it ends up being high. Uh, then I, I might stay out. But uh, he's one guy. I think I'll let the ownership dictate how much of him I want to play this week. All right. Uh, let's move to the mid to upper 7K range. Uh, a lot of guys in here that maybe just haven't been playing as well lately. Um, but then there are, are still some names that have seen some ownership in recent weeks. Goddard up being the big example. He's back in the field this week. What do you make of the 7.6 to 7.9K range? Again, I'm kind of going with the guys that, you know, hit fairways and uh, can make putts. So I like Brendan Todd at 7,500. Finished 10th here last year. Uh, best putter in the field on Bermuda Greens. I like Adam Long, who's been playing really well. Uh, four straight top 25s for him. He's another guy that's very good on the greens. Um, and then at the top, Mark Hubbard, you know, he had a really bad Friday and missed the cut uh, barely last week. So I'll drop back on him. He was playing great before uh, the miscut. He had a fourth, a third, and a 13th. Uh, Scott Stallings, three top tens in a row, which is kind of crazy. Um, he's kind of turned into more of a bomber, but if you look at his approach numbers, they are some of the best in the field over the last four months. He's also a pretty good putter. So, uh, yeah, and <laughs> Bill in the chat says Todd is gross. Um, yeah, I, he's fine at this course. He's not, he's not good at a lot of courses, but um, I like him at this course. And then – I'll have a little bit of Munoz, a little bit of Strillman, but um, 
Yeah, no very strong takes in this range. What about you? Uh, yeah, about the same. I mean, I do think that this is maybe the week to get off the Goddard train, particularly if the steam keeps up. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I saw that 370-yard drive to four feet for the Eagle. I mean, he finished 49th last week, but I think this is a course where maybe we can temper those expectations a little bit. So I do think this is a spot where you can maybe pivot off the chalk a little bit. I don't think there's a lot of guaranteed top finishes in this range. So um, you know, don't be afraid to pivot from the ownership. I think Streelman's interesting. Um, I think, let's see if you kind of go down towards the bottom end of the range. Um, I talked about him last week, but I'm not sure what else Callum Terran has to do to get a price bump. He's been bumped the whole $200 after another top 20 last week. So as we go down to the bottom end of the seven K range, I mean, I'm just going to keep playing Callum Terran until, uh, until he stop, you know, he gives us a reason not to. That's one of the players, at least over the last couple months, that I've gotten right more often than not. So uh, you can go ahead and and move down the range a little bit too if you want. Yeah, I love that call, and I believe uh, if you do want to play the the FedEx Cup narrative, he is one eighteen or something right now. He'll probably get bumped up to like one ten um, after you take the live guys out. But yeah, he's one oh nine now. Okay, yeah, so he's gonna have to play, you know, at least decently well, I would imagine. Um, at least, you know, Maid Cat will probably get the job done. So uh, I like that. Um, he seems like a great guy, too, um, w- which is always fun. Moving up a little bit, CT Pan always rates out well for me on these shorter courses. He nearly won here back in 2018, and he was kind of popular last week, and he was nearly dead last. So I think that'll help temper some ownership. Um, yeah, I don't love a lot in the bottom end of the range. I mean, Tyler Duncan seems to be a good course fit. I'm going to play a little bit of Harris English just because uh, when he's healthy, this is probably a good course setup for him, but uh, his ball striking has been so bad since he's come back from injury, but I'll play a little bit of him. And that's about he only it. missed by one last week. Missed cut by one last week. So uh, yeah. Bill's asking about champ. I put him in the same, you know, category as uh, Pendrith and got up and that, their biggest weapon is going to be neutralized a little bit here. So uh, I'm, I'm off a of champ. Yeah, same. I think I'm off of him this week. Um, again, didn't end up playing, but uh, would have played some of him last week and ended up with a solid finish despite a really rocky second round. Uh, he did get off to a good enough start to make the cut uh, and then kind of struggled after that. But um you know, you get into some of the, these are some guys I think that are interesting because these are players that we're kind of used to being priced around here. I mean, we're used to Aaron Rye, Doug Gim, Grayson Sig, Patrick Rogers, Joel Damon, you know, we're used to these guys being priced in the low seven K. So it's just a bunch, kind of a bunched up field. It's not that it's super weak at the bottom. Uh, it's just not super strong at the top. So And I saw somebody post this earlier today. What's happened to all the long shot winners on the PGA tour? Like we haven't seen one over 60 to one in like three months. So, uh, you know, who knows? We get a long shot winner this week. What do you think? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll be betting some long shots. So uh, if it's on my card, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Well, who's the, who's the, who's the favorite early week long shot bet? Ooh, uh, give me a minute. Let's answer that after the six case. Okay, we'll go down into uh, anything else above 7,000. Ricky Fowler, 7,000. Got to make no. the cut to make the playoff. <laughs> no, I do owe uh, Spencer an apology, though. I, I said last week I don't trust him to make you know a bunch of seven-footers, but he had gained strokes putting in eight straight events before last week, and 
he's one of the better iron players in the field too. So I actually like Svensson at uh, 7,500. All right, let's go ahead and move down into that uh, 6K range. It does kind of uh, fall off a little bit down here, but you've got Schwab who's kind of right there in that playoff race. Um, and just, you know, some guys down here that are maybe a little bit hit or miss, but anything you like for punt value here early in the week. The models always love Schwab, so I'll have a little bit of him. I think he's missed three straight cuts on the number, or at least made the cut and then, you know, fell back on the weekend. Uh, Ryan Armour has been very good here over the years. He has four top 25s in the last five years. Just kind of fits the mold of the, the Brendan Todd, Webb Simpson types where you're going to hit the fairway uh, and make a lot of putts. Same goes for Brian Stewart, who has built, played well here over the years. And then after that, it, it's pretty ugly. I don't really like anybody. Um, David Skins What's has been Armour? making some cuts. What's Armour's recent form? Uh, so Armour and Stewart have missed uh, their last nine cuts combined. So that's Ouch. Good. Yeah. Well, that'll, be, that'll make them contrarian for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, it's just more of a, a price and – both of them are pretty decent birdie makers um, on these shorter courses. All right. Uh, so, again, uh, FedEx Cup standing this final week to get inside that top 125. Um, Cameron Champ is at 130, probably needs a good, really good week. Uh, Nick Hardy at 129. Gligich is down here. He's at 132. Um, if you look in Stewart, 137. Lebiota, 139. So these guys are going to probably have to pop for top fives. Uh, if they want to make it inside the uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs. But again, not a super exciting field this week um, because you're going to see the top golfers are basically going to be playing in the playoffs uh, each of the next three weeks with the, the playoff events, which again, if you're not familiar, uh, top 125 make it to next week. And then uh, that will be the FedEx St. Jude, uh, which is kind of the, the FedEx St. Jude used to be just a regular tour event. Then they tried to make it a WGC event, which really wasn't a good fit. And now they've moved it uh, for the moment to be the first playoff event. So that'll be in Memphis next week um, for the top 125. Then they cut it down to 70 for the BMW championship, which is in Delaware this year. Uh, and then the tour championship the following week is the top 30 um, for, and it'll be a weird format where the person leading in the standings gets to start with a nice head start, like 12 under or something like that. Uh, and then they kind of ladder back the starting positions. That's how they, they work it to benefit the players who are higher up uh, in the standings to start the event. Uh, anyone else? Uh, we moved through pretty quick here tonight, but uh, it's just that nature of the field for us this week. So uh, let's check the uh, check the chat to see if anybody else has commented or asked a question. Uh, I don't think so. I think we've gotten through them all. So anything else from your side? Well, so I was looking for my long shot bet, and uh, we didn't talk about Keith Mitchell. Oh, that's right. Um, I want. I need to hear your take on uh, your boy Mitchell. Yeah, I don't mind it back on Bermuda. I always like him on little courses that are a little more open. But uh, yeah, I think this. Uh, the, he's made the cut two or three trips here. Um, you know, he he could be dead last or he could be top ten. I mean, he's the perfect <sighs> long shot kind of boomer bus guy. So I don't mind him. Yeah, uh, sixty What's his to one. You got that handy? Sixty to one. Uh, I was gonna go with Rose if, if fifty to one's big enough for. Uh, for a long shot i'll take rose all right um, be sure to shop around i did notice uh, if you are betting this week it, they'll, they'll obviously kind of 
uh, condense and, and combine as we get closer to Thursday. But there were quite a few discrepancies and odds uh, between the sports books today, um, Monday afternoon when I was kind of looking at it. So, uh, you know, if a guy's 50 to one someplace and 60 to one another, if you've got options, different books you can bet at, uh, always good to shop around for those a little bit as well. So, all right. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get out of here and uh, we'll be back next week for the first event of the FedEx cup playoffs. Uh, thanks to our producer, Steve, for working hard behind the scenes for us. I am Justin and, uh, for Noto, uh, we hope you have a great week. Good luck with all your lineup building, everybody, and we will chat with you later. Have a good one.